0: Good morning, church. My name is Mike Walker, and it is a privilege for me to be here this morning and to be sharing God's word with you today. What an important series we've been in uh, dealing with forgiveness, and today is a particularly poignant story. I want to read God's word with you today from Luke chapter 15, beginning with verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. What a powerful and poignant story for us dealing with forgiveness. Several things that I want us to discover in this passage of scripture today. I understand this passage of scripture well because I am a father and because I was the youngest son of my family as well. This younger son was uh, wanting to go on his own. He wanted to depart from his family. He didn't want to be a part of his father's household anymore. Now, the tradition in Jewish homes in that day was that the oldest son would get two shares of the estates, and each of the other sons would get one share. So let's suppose it's just these two sons. The older son is going to get two-thirds, and the younger son is gonna get one third. But normally the estate is not divided up until the father is deceased. So in a respect, this young man comes to his father and says to him, Dad, you're dead to me. Give me my share of the estate so that I might go and make my own way. How heartbroken Dad must have been when son came to him with that message he did what the younger son had asked for he went and gave him a third of the property a third of the inheritance that he would have received the young son gathers his stuff and runs off to a foreign country where he participates in wild living for a period of time we can only imagine what he may have gotten into doing that We've all been young, I suppose, and have had a bit of rebellion in us. Maybe some of us are still dealing dealing with some rebellion today. Pretty soon, the young son runs out of money. He begins to get hungry, and there's a famine in the land, so no one's really sharing food with him. And so he hires himself out to a farmer who gives him the job of feeding pigs. Imagine that, a Jewish boy feeding pigs. He's so hungry that the food that he's feeding the pigs looks desirable to him, but no one's given him anything to eat. He comes to his senses and says, You know, even my father's servants have food aplenty. I know what I'll do. I'll go back to my dad and I'll tell him I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I am not worthy to be your son any longer, but would you hire me to be a servant on your farm? And so he begins his journey back. While he's still a long way off, the father sees him. And the father has compassion for him. And the father runs to him. I don't know about you, but in my childhood, I don't ever remember seeing my dad run. And I'm not sure as an adult that I choose to run very much either. So daddy running towards me is a bit of a surprise. He comes running to the young son and he hugs him around the neck and he kisses him. And he says to the servants, quick, bring the best robe. Bring a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And in the meantime, the young son has said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am not worthy to be your son, but if I could just be a servant in your estate. The Father is all about forgiveness. And he demonstrates his forgiveness to the Son with three gifts. The first is the gift of the robe. The robe represents for us the covering for our sins. We have lived in a shoddy fashion when we've run from God. We have soiled our clothing. We have soiled our life. All of those kinds of things for us. Make us realize of our great need. The Lord offers to us, just like the Father offers to this Son, a robe of righteousness. The Scripture tells us that we someday will be given a white robe. White? Yes, because it's pure. It's undefiled. It is clean. It is all of those things. It covers us over in our sin. You know, the Lord doesn't wait for us to get our act together. The son's act is not together here. He is simply seeking a job. And the father doesn't treat him as a servant. He treats him as a son. And then he says to him, here, put this ring on your finger. Now, the ring on the finger is a a symbol of being a part of the family. It's... a person who has authority it's someone who has some position in the family and can make decisions it may even have been a signet ring indicating to everybody who he is and what his authority is and then he asked that sandals be put upon his feet obviously the son has come back without shoes on his feet a symbol of not being a servant is to have shoes on your feet. The servants all went around with no shoes because they couldn't afford any. But the father lavishes the son with this robe, this ring, and with these sandals. And then the father says, Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast. For this son of mine was dead and is alive. What a powerful statement of forgiveness for us. You know, I suppose if I had been the father in this story, perhaps my first inclination would have been to scold my son. Or maybe even to reject my son. And say to my son, if he'd come back to me, you know what? You messed this up a long time ago. You considered me dead. And so I consider you dead. You are no longer a son of mine. But that's not what the prodigal's dad does. The prodigal's dad runs to him, embraces him, kisses him, clothes him, all of those wonderful things that he does. How powerful is that lesson for us? God doesn't treat us like we deserve. He treats us like we're his son or his daughter, as the case may be. Dad could have said to him, listen, I'm not even sure I want you to be a servant in my estate. But he doesn't treat him that way. He treats him with compassion and with care. And with kindness, he clothes him, he adores him. He puts ring on his finger and shoes on his feet and he prepares a great feast. He kills the fatty calf and he rejoices in his son's return. In our society, unfortunately, we have many people who are lost. Some who know it and some who deny it. But we have a lot of lostness around us. People who have gone off and have chosen the wildlife, so to speak. And I'm concerned about them, and you are too, I'm sure. But equally, we should be concerned about the person who lives a pretty good moral life, who has never really committed great sin in his or her life, but they're just as lost as the one who is indulged in wild living. The Father doesn't treat us as we deserve. He treats us as if we were his children. This is exactly what God wants for you today. He wants to love you. He wants to hug you and kiss you. He wants to put a robe around your shoulders and and cleanse you of the sin that is in your life. He wants to forgive you. He wants to put a ring on your finger, sandals on your feet. He wants to call you his son or his daughter. You know, Jesus tells us that we will someday be joint heirs with him of all the Father's glory. Not just servants, but children. He puts shoes on our feet because he loves us and he's caring for us in ways that we cannot even yet imagine. And then he prepares for us a feast. Oh, what a great day that will be when the Lord finally returns and we gather with him in heaven the first thing that's going to happen there is a feast. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. We'll gather there with countless who have gone before and others who will follow us, and we will gather there that day to celebrate. For we have all been dead and have been made alive again through Jesus Christ. You know, God has a wonderful perspective for us. He loves us as if we were his children. He adores us and he welcomes us into his kingdom. He doesn't hold our sin against us. He forgives us and he remembers it no more. In Psalm 102, it tells us he casts our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west. He remembers them no more. Why east from west? Well, picture this if you can in your mind, or even better yet, look at it on a globe. If you went to the equator of the earth and looked at the cities there, one of the cities that you might discover is Quito, Ecuador, which is essentially right on the equator. So you're in Quito, Ecuador and you get in an airplane and you begin flying north. You intend to circumnavigate the earth. You fly north and you fly north and you fly north until you get to the North Pole. And continuing on in the same direction, you're now flying south. You fly south and you fly south until you pass the equator again and get to the South Pole, at which point in time, continuing in the same direction, you're now flying north. You see, north and south meet at the poles. But if you got in that plane in Quito, Ecuador, and you began flying west, you would soon be out over the Pacific Ocean, you would continue flying along the plane of the equator, you would circumnavigate the whole earth, and the whole time you would be flying west. You would pass over uh, portions of Africa, you would still be flying west. You would pass over the Atlantic Ocean, you would still be flying west. You would land again in Quito, Ecuador, you would have been flying west the entire time. East and west never meet, north and south do. And so when the scripture tells us that he casts our transgressions, he throws our sin away, as far as the east is from the west, He remembers it no more. It's an immeasurable distance. We can measure north to south. We can tell you how many miles it is from the North Pole to the South Pole. We cannot measure the distance from east to west. God wants to forgive you today. We need to do the same thing as what the prodigal son has done. We need to come running to the father as the Father is running to us. We need to confess our sins in the same way as what the Son does. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be your child. And the Father's response is going to be the same as the Father in this story. He'll put a robe of righteousness on us, He'll put a ring on our finger. He'll put sandals on our feet. He will hug us around the neck and he will kiss us and tell us how much he loves us as his child. Not as his servant, but as his son or his daughter. The Lord has a place for you in his family. And a part of that is the recognition of our need for forgiveness. The sun came to his senses while he is in the midst of feeding pigs. When do we come to our senses? What is it that compels us to run home again? The Lord is looking for us. He is keeping an eye out for each one of us. And when he sees us coming towards him, He will run to us. Won't you run to him today? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you this day for who you are. I thank you that you watch over us and that you love us and that you care for us in so many ways that we cannot even begin to understand. We're thankful for the forgiveness that you offer. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.